Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bloke and the Bird Show. We are back for a little bit. Maybe two weeks. Yeah, maybe. it's going to depend on whether or not like anything happens next week. I think it's going to be the big thing. Mm. But, you know, the good news. <laughs> the good news. The good news is that we're like three months away from winter testing. At most. Yeah. Is there no winter testing in February? Well, see, that's why I said at most, because winter testing is going to be in February. Oh. Okay. So we're getting closer. The season's yeah. going to start soon. About two months away from car reveals, so. Stuff will start happening. But of course, we cannot get to any of that. Until we finalize the 2022 season. Yes, and we've got two things that we have to do. One we'll do now, and one we'll do at the end of the show like we normally do. But the first that we'll do now is obviously we have to talk about the standings from Fantasy GP. The 2022 Bloke and a Bird Show Fantasy GP League has come to a close as Patricia's The Bird Team wins the championship with 2,785 points. It was a close race for second with Vicky's Housecats moving ahead of Jim with the results of the season finale in Abu Dhabi. Just five points separated the House Cats in second and Jim's There's No Crying in Baseball in third. Michael's Mach 5 Racing held on to fourth place with 2,585 points, while Phil's Team Rocket was in fifth with 2,528 points. Rounding out the back markers was the boys' Moonlit Black Cats with just 1,546 points on the season. Congratulations to the winners, thanks for playing, and we'll see you again for the 2023 season. That was fantastic, but I have an important question for you. Okay. Was there a reason I had to wear all the champagne? But you didn't have to wear it. You sprayed a- me down with it. I'm dripping. This is going to mess up the podcast equipment. And don't use this as an excuse to upgrade the tech. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. You, do you know how long I've been saving the bottle of champagne? Yeah, I know, because I think it's kind of gone a little rancid. <laughs> no, I well, actually, I, I've only been trying to use the music for a while now. You know, it, it's been the plan that, that that is the victory and, you know. Oh, um, I am very thrilled to have won this year's. And, you know, quite frankly, it was an up and down year. There was a lot of moving parts. It was really hard to vote against my favorite driver. I mean, that struggle was real (laughs) um but you know all of our competitors were really strong well those in the top part were really strong (laughs) i mean there's that moonlit black cat team that you know is half the point i don't think he tried this year i think he stopped putting his predictions in is what i think happened that that might have been it too you know i i was looking forward to to wrap that up and i could not find a recording of it anywhere i was very disappointed going to have to get it next year of the announcer, the trackside announcer from IndyCar and the Junior Series announcing to get a good look at this podium because this is the future of the series. These are your future <laughs> champions, ladies and gentlemen. I, I couldn't find it anywhere. I was so disappointed. That is sad. That is sad. <laughs> um, you know, I have to, you know, shout out our newest, you know, top tier competitor in Vicky's House Cats team. I mean, she ran a great race this year. Um, she 
pushed hard. She was in the lead for a long period of time. I didn't think I was going to overcome her, but we we buckled down and we made it. And it was really close between her and Jim. Very close. I, mean, I think with five points, the, and it really was the last race of the season that decided it. Well, you know how we like in Formula One those last lap, last race, you know, uh, deciders. That's important. Um, as long as the rules are followed under safety car conditions. Well, yes. And that's very important in Fantasy GP, that our fantasy safety car is adhered to correctly. All right. So You've had your celebration now? I've had, well, I'm still, do you have a towel? I mean, I am dripping here. So next year, we will be yet again opening up our Fantasy GP Invite your friends, invite your families, increase. You know, we've added one person to the the competition and that new person ranked second. So it is possible. But I'm only thrilled because yet again, I beat you. That is really the only competition I I know. That's really all you care about. Yes. All right. So do we have some news? So in, in... The time that we were gone, a lot has happened. Um, the The first story is one of those things that, you know, on one hand, we weren't surprised by, and on the other, we kind of were. And mm-hmm. it was more from that perspective of how it came down. So if you have not heard, there's currently a vacancy over at Ferrari. Have you put your CV in yet for it? I have not, um, mainly because I don't know enough Italian. That that was what disqualified me as the lack of proficiency in any language, including, including English. English. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, but Mattia Bonotto is out at, at effective at the end of this year. He is out as team principal of Ferrari. He resigned. He was not fired. Do you think that that was he resigned before they fired him? Um. You know, they got called into the office and said, hey, if you resign, we'll give you this like nice little gardening leave. Um, if we have to fire you, we will publicly eviscerate you because we're Ferrari. I, no, I don't think it would have been a public evisceration because they have, they don't normally do that. I mean, you know, in the past when they have let folks go, like Maurizio or Riva Bene, um, he just disappeared. Possibly... You Just, know, he he might have been told, "Don't let the door hit him on the way out." You know that that is entirely possible. But he just, you know, one day he was team principal, the next day he was not. Hmm. It, we do know that Mattia announced his resignation. The statement that he released. With the regret that this entails, I have decided to conclude my collaboration with Ferrari. I am leaving a company that I love, which I've been part of for 28 years, with the serenity that comes from the conviction that I have made every effort to achieve the objective set. I leave a united and growing team, a strong team, ready, I'm sure, to achieve the highest goals to which I wish all the best for the future. I think it is right to take this step at this time, as hard as this decision has been for me. I would like to thank all the people at Gestione Sportiva who have shared this journey with me made up of difficulties, but also of great satisfaction. Now, 
there had been rumors that had been denied by every party, but there were rumors that Charles Leclerc went to Ferrari's management and demanded Mattia's departure. Oh, really? Now, this has been denied all around. Um, there had been rumors that um, Ferrari chairman John Elkin and CEO Benedetto Vigna were no longer supportive of Mattia remaining with the organization. They have not said anything to confirm that. But, you know, they they did issue, you know, somewhat flattering farewell statements. Mm-hmm. Wish you the best of luck. You know, that kind of a thing. So we don't know. Um, the The thing that we do know is they haven't named anybody to replace him at all. Well, you know, he's not fully out the door if he's retiring at the end of the year. He may be interviewing his replacement. He, they may be, you know. Well, the the rumor still the rumor mill st- still seems to indicate that Fred Vasseur has the inside track and is the most likely replacement. Well, then what will they do down at Toro Rosso? Um, probably continue to have Franz Toast run the team. It's my guess. <laughs> okay, what team does Fred Fraser run? Is that Sauber? Alpha Romeo, oh, yes. Alpha Sauber. <laughs> Alpha Sauber. Alpha Sauber. Okay, so what will they do down at Alpha Sauber? That's a good question. <laughs> That makes really good sense that Franz Toast will still uh, run the Alpha Tauri team yeah. that <laughs> isn't running Ferrari engines. Well, there's that too. I may have to get back my trophy now. Yeah, yeah. So we'll wait to see what happens there um, with both teams. Apparently all three. Yeah. Um, in other news... Uh, Audi has given an update on their plans ahead of their entry in 2026. So, you know, we already know, speaking of Alpha Salper, because <laughs> there, there won't be Alpha Romeo anymore. In order, and, and actually, I believe that ends the end of 23. So we've got three years of Salper who's going to be out in the wilds before Audi joins them in 26. Oh. Um. Well, technically, it would only be two seasons because if Alfa Romeo is holding on through the 23 season, then they'd be alone the 24-25 season, and then Audi would join on the 26th season. So it's only two, not three. Okay. Hardly saving face for my mistake. Fine. Um, So they are expanding their Newburgh facility. Audi is expanding their Newburgh facility. Um, which is their, the home of their Competence Center Motorsport. Very German approach there. Competence Center Motorsport. Um, That's so much better than the Incompetence Center Motorsport. True. true. There's um, a lot of crashes over there. In specific, they are, they are constructing building F7.2. Okay. That is a brand new facility, 3,000 square meters that will be home to the test benches for the power unit development. The facility itself, though, this is their motorsport facility. Mm. Um, it was home to their 
uh, factory racing operations for the the World Endurance Championship with the the e-tron uh, WEC car okay. running diesels, which obviously that's not happening. Right. Um, but also uh, for Formula E and for the Dakar ra- Rally as well. Um, they expect that the expansion will be completed in the first quarter of 24, um, but the first activity should be conducted out of it f- starting in March of next year. And I think that's where it could be interesting. Because you remember, Mercedes was developing, when, when we started the, the V6 turbo hybrid era, Mercedes was developing that engine for close to six years exactly. prior to the rollout. And they had... All of the success that they did. Honda came in and they were developing that engine for, I think it was about three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a year and a half. It wasn't two years. And they were out in the wilds for a very long time. And what happened? They didn't dial it in until they hit about year four to year mm-hmm. five. Um and then they're seeing the success. So the reality is, I think that we have anecdotal evidence that says you need to develop an engine for somewhere north of four to five years. Well, you have to come that. in and dominate. You have that, and if you remember, I don't think it was last year. I think it was the year before we were talking about Audi's earlier exploratory efforts around entering Formula One. And how they believed that they could adapt the gas powertrain that they had built for WEC to Formula One. That it wouldn't take that many modifications to be able to use that powertrain in F1. If they've got that head start because they've got a base unit to work with already, that could also help them quite a bit. Yeah. So this could potentially be promising. Could We don't know. But it could be promising. Um, in terms of ending partnerships, and this I'm a little disappointed with because every time that we have seen the golf-themed livery on the McLaren, it has looked fantastic. And given the amount of golf-themed <coughs> uh, polo shirts that you yeah, have, you do definitely like that combination of papaya and baby blue. Well, okay, I will admit that the last one I bought might not have been on as much of a sale as I thought. But Canada was on sale at the time. So, you know, I got it in Canada and Canada was on sale. But it was not that much on sale, even with the Canada sale. All right, fine. Anyway, McLaren has announced that uh, they will not be renewing. Actually, I'm not sure if it's McLaren or if it's Gulf. Um, but the partnership ended at the end of 22 and is not being extended into 2023, which I am, I am very disappointed in that. Yeah. Um, other things that are ending. For those who work in the paddock, the FIA is loosening their COVID restrictions. Um, vaccination requirements are being dropped for 2023. Uh, the while they have had the COVID testing sites in the paddock for the past year, the mandatory testing regimen that we had heard in the past, which was fairly brutal, um, that was not a requirement last year. Testing was optional unless they thought you were sick. Those testing centers are going away as well. 
So most of the COVID restrictions are going away now. Oh, nice. So a, a sign that things are getting back to some form of normalcy. New normal. Around, yeah, new normal. Unfortunately, <laughs> that doesn't apply to China. You know, th- there's been a lot of talk in the last couple of weeks about their zero COVID policy and the heavy restrictions um, around residents in China. And it applied to folks attending sporting events. So F1 had been watching it very closely. Last year, the uh, race was canceled because of the zero COVID restrictions. Now that the, the restrictions are being lifted, but it's still a little too late. F1 has announced that they are again canceling the Chinese Grand Prix for 2023. There was talk, and, and since we didn't hear anything in the past week, I'm assuming it has now died, um, that they were trying to get a replacement race so that they could stay at the 24 races that nobody really wants. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't happen. Um, there was a lot of talk that maybe uh, we'd go back to, to Portugal again, which was actually a surprisingly good race. Um, but that didn't come to fruition. There was talk that they were had reached out to uh, the folks over in Turkey. Again, that didn't pan out. So we've heard nothing. And it sounds like we are actually going to have a 23 races. 23 and 23. Yeah. So no Chinese Grand Prix. What we are getting, and, and we had talked in our last show that it looked like it was happening. It's confirmed now. Sp- six sprint races in 2023. Um, they will be in Azerbaijan, Austria, Belgium, Qatar, uh, Austin, and Brazil. So we're happy about Brazil. Austin might have a chance. I mean, Austin can produce some good races. Mm -hmm. So maybe Austin could be good. Well, we had talked extensively about the fact that they were trying to focus places on sprint races on places where passing was possible. Yeah. Um, So let's hope that they have picked the right combination. But again, I cannot say this as many... Enough times. One, your own surveys have proven that no one wants this. Well, that's the thing. And then you added more of them. Well, what is the definition of insanity again? That's because this isn't a move for the fans. This is a move for the money. This is to drive up ratings... Uh, at times when folks are not paying attention, not traditionally paying attention to Formula One. Because remember, again, even if you're an, a casual fan of Formula One, you can't not watch qualifying on Friday now because qualifying feeds into the sprint race on Saturday. You can't not watch the sprint race on Saturday because that sets the grid for Sunday. So now they they have made it so that if you are a fan of Formula One, there are now three events that you need to watch in a weekend on these six weekends. I would argue, I would argue that if you are truly a casual fan of Formula One, you're only watching the race. 
you're going to possibly read how they set the grid up and maybe if something interesting happens you'll see it in the warm-up to the show but you're only going to watch the race if you're truly a casual fan now if you are a qualifying watching fan which i would say is more than just casual fan like we are then you're required now to watch three events in a weekend because of the need to know what the buildup is. Okay, I, I, I could see your point on, on the casual fan, especially when you look at the IndyCar example. Mm-hmm. And the fact that IndyCar, from what we have seen, qualifying is often not televised. Mm-hmm. Or it, it's streamed only. So yeah, I, I, could, I could see that point. But I do think that this is an attempt to drive ratings and viewership on a day when there's traditionally none or very little. And I completely agree with you. I think this is a money grab. And do you remember back in in the pre-Liberty Media days when we were talking a lot about the bad hair Bernie and we made a comment that Bernie looks at the fans and he only sees dollar signs. Oh, definitely. And we were actually kind of happy when Liberty came in and they, I mean, yes, it's a money They were interested in the fan experience. experience. And they put that first. Mm-hmm. And now it's really starting to feel like I got, got a target on my chest and it's a target of a dollar sign. They're just doing it in a different way. Yeah. Probably ever so slightly less blatant about it than Bernie. Yeah. But I won't say much. So, the reason, one of the reasons why we are getting six sprint races as opposed to the three that we had last year. If you remember, they wanted six last year. They didn't get it because the teams raised a stink about it. They raised a stink about it because of the cost cap and the limitations of the cost cap on, you know, what happens if there's an accident and damage and all that stuff. Well, as a result, this year, so teams were given $150 million for the sprint races last year. That is being doubled to $300 million in addition to what they were already getting. Okay. So they're doubling the cost cap allowance for the sprint races next year. And doubling the sprint races. Yeah. Um, DRS continues to be a topic. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of folks were hoping that with the new design of the cars last year, we'd get more passing. We'd get closer racing, which would lead to more exciting racing. And and arguably, I think we saw that. Um, I think it was Pirelli that said that that um, passing was up on average about 30% this year, which pretty substantial. And we certainly have seen performance-wise when the cars are closer the racing was more exciting mm-hmm. and it was a greater chance to pass. Unfortunately, that means that the DRS is a bit more effective than they expected. And at some tracks, there is concern now that if a car gets within DRS range, it's almost guaranteed that they will be able to pass. Mm. Um, I'm also hearing frustration and I don't agree with this frustration. But I'm also hearing frustration when you've got the two DRS zones that are close to each other 
that it is becoming more likely that a car that's passed in the first DRS zone is going to unpass themselves in the second DRS zone. And, and folks are expressing frustration over that. Personally, I think that's a strategy thing. Um, you know, that shows how perceptive a driver is. And we've seen it a couple of times that if they position themselves the right way to let themselves get past in the first one, they can, you know, negate that, that first pass in the next year. And I don't like that. I, I mean, I, I have to agree with you. I'm, I, I'm okay with it. Um, I'm more uh, problematic with the DRS train situation that we've been getting is yeah. we'll bunch up a bunch of cars because they can follow closely. And because we have three or so all with DRS. They can't gain on each other. They can't gain on each other. Yeah. And that really happens when you have the lead car coming up against a back marker. Mm -hmm. And now you don't even have that person at risk. It's, it's, it's complicated. Well, at, as a result of how effective the DRS has been, uh, they are considering shortening the length of several DRS zones. Mm. So we'll, we'll see if it works. Um, as long as it doesn't make things boring. You know, remember, we set this up. We built this so that cars could get closer and they could pass. If you decide to start doing stuff to make it harder for them to pass, you might be negating your benefits here. Yeah. Just... We, we need to keep an eye. Well, don't ever underestimate the ability for Formula One to take a good thing and turn it into a bad thing. Yeah. So, coming out of Saudi Arabia, the organizers of the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix have announced some tweaks to the track. Now, the bad news is that they're still holding it in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> The tweaks are not that the track yeah. is going elsewhere. Yeah, I was hopeful, but uh, no, that's not happening. We're, we're stuck with them for another seven years. Um, but, you know, they're still getting feedback from the drivers that the, the circuit is so tight and the blind corners, you know, as fast as it goes, the blind corners are extremely dangerous. Uh, so what they're doing is it turns 14 and 20, which are the two of the quickest blind corners, they're pushing the fences back to open up the corner a bit more to provide better sight lines. So at turn 14, the right side wall, or the the right, yeah, the wall on the right side of the track has been pushed back by just shy of eight meters. And the left-hand wall at turn 20 has been moved back by five meters. The turn itself is going to stay the same size. The wall is coming back from the turn so that it's not the blind corner. Oh, okay. So that should be helpful. Um, also, on several curves, they've put in beveled curves um, and new rumble lines uh, to deter drivers from running wide and to hopefully slow them down a little bit. Okay. Um, so we'll see if it if it helps. Um, again, what would really help is not having the race in Saudi Arabia. But I mean, I think that that would be the solve for all the problems of the Saudi Arabia track. Is you know, I, I don't know a race not in Saudi Arabia. But let's see how these work. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt while trying to hold them accountable for their human rights issues. Well, and, and that, y you've got to wonder. Because remember, this year, we don't just have, or, or in 2023, 
we don't just have a race in Saudi Arabia. We also have Qatar. Right. Yeah, and they're really getting dragged through the coals over the World Cup. Exactly. So, yeah, it could be interesting. We we could see some pushback about, then again, this is Formula One, and, and just because we see pushback doesn't mean I'll pay any attention, but we could see pushback in the wake of the World Cup and, and the fact that there's been a lot of pressure and a lot of focus and attention on Qatar's issues that maybe we could see that in Saudi Arabia and again in Qatar. I don't know. I'm hopeful. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if Formula One wants to say, and I know they dumped We Races One and we've had that argument already, <laughs> but if they really want to say that they are using sport for good to improve the life and improve the conditions in the countries that they visit, they need to actually do something other than just show up and drive cars. Exactly. And I'm not going to get too deep into that other than just mentioning it. So other news. Zandvoort is getting a contract extension till the end of 2025. Okay. Um, yeah, we didn't watch... The race this year. We missed the race this year because we were traveling. So I don't know if this is a good thing. Hmm? Maybe it is. I mean, if you're a Max Verstappen fan, this is a great thing. Yeah. Especially if you're a Max Verstappen fan in, in Holland, this is a great thing. I don't know. Yeah. I'll say. Speaking of Max Verstappen, so this past week was one of our favoriteest events from a name only perspective. <laughs> okay. It was the FIA prize giving. Yes. Not an award ceremony. No. It was the prize giving. Now, there was earlier um, last week, and I got to mention it really quick because it was an epic troll, whoever did it. Um, last week was the mo- the annual Motorsport Awards um, put off by the, the publishers of Autosport Magazine and, and all of that stuff. And that's a pretty big event, too. And... The picture that was circulating was apparently Christian Horner's table, where he was placed at table number 44. <laughs> Ooh, bird! <laughs> I don't know who did that, but that was just an epic troll right there. Nah. That's awesome. <laughs> but this week was the FIA prize giving, um, where Max Verstappen collected his driver's championships trophy and again congratulations to him because this year and we've talked actually i'll talk about the controversial bit in a second but truly this year i mean there was no question no he he, he drove he was handed a strong car and nobody was able to challenge him exactly um so he got that. Christian Horner picked up the Constructors' Trophy on behalf of Red Bull, and you know his he he gave a statement that that was that was it was a nice statement. What he said was, "I know, thankfully, and he, he was specifically he dedicated the trophy to Dietrich Manischewitz, um, who passed away just before the race in Austin this year." Um, and, and and Christian said, "I know, thankfully, he saw Max win the championship in Japan, even though there was a bit of confusion over the points there." But thankfully, Max won it early, and he saw it. And then the very next weekend, the day after he passed, 
we managed to win this trophy. It's a very special one. So, you know, again, he was referencing the confusion in Suzuka where between the penalty for Leclerc and the odd way that the rules were rewritten and the fact that nobody really understood how the FIA was going to interpret those rules, Mm -hmm. that there was a lot of confusion at the end of the race as to whether or not Max had actually won the championship that week at the end of the race. And even Max didn't realize it, and he had to get told by somebody, no, uh, yeah, no, really, you, you won it. We counted it. It works. The math is there. It's yours. You know, there was a lot of disbelief in that. Well, the presentation up on stage was Max. It was Christian Horner. And it was Mohammed Ben Salem, president of the FIA, who also had comments to make as part of this. Um, and following Christian Horner's comments, Ben Salem said, Christian, first of all, you deserve the win. If it's the manufacturer or Max, secondly, you said about Dietrich, I drove with Red Bull sponsorship in my last championship. And one thing you said about Japan, Japan, you said, was controversial. No, the FIA was blamed for the points, but it was not the FIA which made the rules. It was the teams who made the rules, and we were implementing them. Ouch. Yeah. So at this point, Stefano Domenicali jumped in and was like, guys, hey, guys, stay focused. To me, it's very, very clear about the FIA. So thank you very much. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Mohammed bin Salem, I guess, is not particularly happy that uh, the teams don't agree with the FIA's approach. Oh, my. Don't blame us. Well, I think it's more of the, if the teams write or agree on the rules, then they don't get to turn around and go, well, it's the FIA. No, we all have a piece of this. Who wrote those rules? Who endorsed those rules? Mm -hmm. You know, the FIA has just as much say in, in the writing and implementation of those rules as the teams do. Well, they do. But under that logic... Mohammed bin Salam, really, he should go, guys, we're all in this together. And what needs to end is this petty, well, it's the FIA that can't figure out how to enforce the rules. And the FIA going, well, you guys wrote the rules. I, that's stupid. Every part of them has a piece of how broken some of this stuff is. They do. Um, and let's be complete. And, and we said it then, and we've said it multiple times since then. The FIA themselves, regardless of how the rules were written, the FIA themselves had a response, had were, were partially responsible for the confusion that occurred that weekend. There were lapses in communication that could have resolved everything earlier, mm-hmm. and it didn't. Anyway, so looking forward to 2023. Uh, Gunther Steiner has come out. He says that he has seen indications from his conversations with Ferrari that they have made significant progress with their 2023 power unit to the point that he calls it the bomb. I don't think he used that word. He normally likes to use, you know, foul language. Well, maybe he put that in front of the bomb. We don't know. We are hoping that it is the bomb because it is quite good as opposed to it's going to blow up. (laughs) That would be bad. 
The other bit of news while we're talking about Gunther. Yes. He's coming out with a book in April. He's coming out with a book. It will be titled Surviving to Drive. The book will be basically his diary of the 2022 season. My vision of what this book is going to read like is very similar to that children's book that is to help children go to sleep. And it is titled, Go the oh, to you mean Sleep. Sa- you mean Samuel L. Jackson's Jackson. bedtime book? Yes. <laughs> <coughs> I have a feeling that it will read almost exactly like Samuel L. Jackson's. I, I don't know, maybe. But, you know, I, I'm interested in this because... Given what happened with 22, and and it's specifically from what Gunther says is going to include, you know, 2022, we had the whole thing blow up with Urakali and with the Mazepins, and then signing mm. Kevin, and the drama around whether or not they were going to renew Mick's contract. There could be some very interesting insight in here. Okay. So I'm kind of interested in this. If anything, I'm hoping it's going to be better than Mark Weber's book. You didn't even let me read Mark Weber's book. It was bad. You said it was so bad. It was bad. It was really bad. I like Jensen Button's book. I did not like Mark Weber's book. Um, the other person who has a tell-all expose coming. Bernie Eccleston. Really? From the producers of Senna. If you remember that series movie yes it was a movie this will be a eight part docu-series on bernie eccleston oh wow and it sounds like it's going to be told by bernie eccleston so this is not going to be somebody else's interpretation of bernie's story this is going to be bernie's interpretation of bernie's Bernie's story. story Which means it will not be based in much fact. No, I, I wouldn't it go that far. It will gloss over some of the more controversial things about Mr. Eccleston. That's what I think may be more likely. Um, now, the downside here is that, well, in the U.S., as of right now, there is no partner to broadcast it. Mm. Um in the UK and Ireland, it'll be on Discovery Plus. Spain, Germany, Italy, Austria, Switzerland, and Japan, it'll be on DAZN. Uh, ESPN will be carrying it in Latin America. Cosmos will be carrying it in Greece. CableNet in Cyprus. Hungary, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, um, they'll have it on Spectrum, Sport TV, and AMC Plus. Uh, but as of right now, if you're in the U.S., Canada, the Middle East, Far East, France, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, it is to be confirmed as to who will be the broadcast partner. Oh, very interesting. You know it'll come. I, well, I hope so. Um, either either Amazon or uh, or Netflix, I'm hoping will pick it up. Somebody will. So that is all the news. So we have now got to talk about the prediction. Yeah, I'm a lot afraid of this, by the way. So, what we have. Let's start from the beginning here. All right, I've got the trusty scorecard. I have broken it out from the vault. Okay. Untouched. 
I'm ready with my scorecard. Our first question, as always, who will win the Drivers' Championship this year? I said Max. Wow. The boy said Max. You I said did not. Lewis. <laughs> I did not. You said Lewis. Then we went with, who will win the Constructors' Championship this year? The boy said Mercedes. Okay. You said Red Bull. I said Red Bull. Okay. And then, you know, the next traditional question. Will Kimi Raikkonen leave F1 this year? Yeah. Was, yeah, that was... Yeah, we had none. That was a bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, our next question was, will Lewis Hamilton retire at the end of 2022? Um, the boy said yes, and we both said no. All right. So far, just FYI, three mm-hmm. questions in, you're betting 100%. I know, it's kind of stunning. It's kind of stunning. Um, who will score more points, McLaren or Aston Martin? We all said McLaren. So the numbers. In seventh place in the constructors, Aston Martin, Aramco, Mercedes with 55 points. In fifth place in the constructor standings, McLaren Mercedes with 159 points. So we all get points. We all got points off of that. And you're one. keeping up with your 100% here. I'm a yeah. little afraid. Um, who will score more points? Sebastian Vettel or Daniel Ricciardo? Um, we, we may need a ruling on this one. Don't tell me they're tied. Um, yeah. So, in terms of points, they both got 37 points. However, in the, dri- in the driver standings, Daniel's ahead. So, he must have finished ahead of Vettel some number right. of times. But, the question, question was, was, who, who will score more points, points, not who will be higher in the standings. I think nobody gets points because nobody said they'd be tied. Okay. So no points for anybody. No point. Now, just out of curiosity, <clears throat> who said Daniel? Um, you and the boy, and I said Vettel. <laughs> and I ruled. Yeah. That's why we know that my ruling was fair. Oh, is that? <laughs> but you know, I, I specifically wanted to call it because I mean, the question was points, correct? Not standing. And nobody said tie. Yeah. Um, our next one was who would score, score more point or who scored more points, Perez or Russell? I had Russell. Both of you had Perez. Mm-hmm. You and the boy. Um, Sergio Perez was third in the championship with 305 points. George Russell was behind him in fourth with 275 points. There you go. Um, Our next one. Will Sebastian Vettel get a podium in 2022? We both said yes, and the boy said no. And in fact, he did not get a podium in 2022. All right. Will Pierre Gasly get signed by a team other than Alpha Tauri? And we all said no. 
And Pierre Gasly is headed off to LP <laughs> this year. All righty. Yep. So we both said no for that one. Um, who will score more points, Alpine or Alpha Tauri? So, what we had in ninth place with 35 points, Alpha Tauri Red Bull powertrains. Okay. In fourth place <laughs> with 173 points, Alpine Renault. Alrighty. Who said Alpine? Um, the boy said Alpine. Wow. I said Alpine. I you did. said Alpha Tauri. Alrighty. Who will score more points? Esteban Ocon or Fernando Alonso? Let's see. Uh, in ninth place. From Spain. <laughs> with 81 points. Fernando Alonso. Okay. In eighth place. <laughs> from France. With 92 points was Esteban Ocon. Who said Ocon? Um... I said Ocon. The boy said Ocon. You said Alonso. I see where this is going. Yeah. It doesn't get better, does it? <laughs> Who will score more points? Daniel Ricardo or Orlando Calrissian Norris? Norris. We all said Norris. And Norris had more points. Um, in seventh place with 122 points. Okay. Who will score more points, Kevin Magnuson or Alex Albin? Magnuson. So, yes, you did, in fact, say Magnuson. Magnuson was 13th in the championship with 25 points. Alex Albin had four points and was 19th in the championship. Did anybody else say Magnuson? Um, No. Ooh. The boy and I both said Alex Alvin. Ooh, okay. Who will score more points? Mick Schumacher or Kevin Magnuson? I happen to know K-Mag beat Schumacher. He did, and we all said Kevin Magnuson. All right. Kevin Magnuson with 25 points and Mick Schumacher with 12 points. Constructors question. Who will score more points, Williams or Haas? Haas. Um, well, we all said Williams. But? Well, Williams was in 10th place with 8 points. <laughs> Haas was in 8th place with 37 points. There you go. Will a new engine constructor be, anon be announced in 2022? And in fact, we did have a new engine constructor with Audi being announced in 2022. Yes. The boy said yes. I said yes. You said no. <laughs> <laughs> Will a new team be announced in 2022? And I'm going to say that the Audi... Alfa Romeo Sauber, well, the, the Audi Sauber matchup does not count as a new team. 
Okay. New constructor, and, and they've got a team that they're partnering, but it's not a net new team. Mm-hmm. And we did not get the announcement of the um, Andretti F1 team, which is where the, what had fed this, which means we did not get a new team for 2022. The boy said there would not be a new team. You said there would be a new team. I said there would be a new team. <laughs> okay. But wait. Because now we have the big predictions. Mm-hmm. Your prediction. One team principal will be gone for 2023 and will be announced during the 2022 season. Or there will be rumors published on a well-respected F1 news site such as BBC, Race Fans, Autosport, UK Newspapers, Build, etc. And sure enough, holy crap, there was. Woohoo! <laughs> okay. Thank you, Mattia Pinotto. Do you love you, Mattia? <laughs> Thank you. Because there definitely were rumors that he was one foot out the door before the end of the season. And as we mentioned at the start of the show, he's gone. Yep. So this might be like the second time ever <laughs> one of these big predictions has actually come true. Now, do the big predictions, because they are so loose, do they weigh more points? Or is it still the same equal one point? Um, I don't know if that was ever defined in the rules. It was never defined in the rules because we never thought anybody would ever get one and right. And Mohammed bin Salam says, this is not the FIA's fault. Nobody's, Don't blame it on us. Nobody's blaming the FIA. <laughs> we just need a ruling because that is a harder thing to do. I mean, you got to think about the the nebulous world out there of all the possible predictions. Okay. I am going to say, without knowing what the totals are, that these are double dobby questions. All righty. So two points. Two points. They're double dobbies. Double dobbies. Okay. All right. Now, your bonus, because you, you offered up a bonus one here. Your bonus was that Total Wolf would take on a greater role with F1 as a whole. And other than just talking to the media more, I think that's a no. That would be a no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so mine, mm-hmm. Total Wolf announced that he was scaling back his role within Mercedes F1 organization. That would be a no. Yeah. The boys' prediction. And it's kind of vague here. And and this is where we, we might want to talk about it here. His prediction was that Miami will have a lot of complaints over the race. Hmm. Now, when we talked about this. I think his intention was around the noise ordinances. It was the and- neighborhood and the communities would continue to throw a fit about the race. Which... We haven't seen a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Now, as fans, in general, watching that... I hesitate to say spectacle, but... It was a spectacle. I don't know if I would call it a debacle. But as fans, we had complaints about the race. But I... You know, from the discussion, I don't think that that was the intent... Of the prediction. So half points? 
since it's double dabby, uh, one point versus. Uh, no. Just because he badly worded the prediction. I know, but quarter points. I mean, he should get something called out that Miami did not have the great experience that they kept hyping. All right, fine. We can give him a quarter point. So in double dobby, that would be one half point. Yes. So that's what we got. So how did we do? How how disastrous was was this like Mercedes level bad? For one of us. I would have you know that the person who was on top of the heap in the beginning of the show, coated in champagne, is in last place in our predictions. By a lot. No, no. One and a half points separates me and the boy. Mm. Only one and a half points. However, only half a point separates the boy from you. The winner of the predictions. <laughs> With 10 points, you have won the predictions. Congratulations. Now, if you play the music again. You know, I didn't have a cute. I, I was not ready for that. You I know. can coat you in champagne. Hang on. No, that's not it. Oh, there it is. Now I can spray you down with champagne. Take your victory lap. Do donuts in the prediction parking lot. It is all you. You had your finger on the pulse of Formula One before the season even started. I don't know if I would go quite that far. The numbers do not lie. The numbers do not lie. And on that, we'll call it a show. We are so glad you came. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Remember, please discard all candy wrappers and popcorn containers in the nearest trash receptacle. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Are they all gone? Uh, is, is, there, is everybody gone? <laughs> huh? Good. Oh my gosh, my cheeks are killing me. I can't keep smiling like this anymore. I am exhausted. I think I need a break. A little break? Okay.